This episode of the Burning Bush Podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's hands down one of the easiest ways to make a podcast, especially if you're just getting started. And here's why. First, it's completely free. And second, their online platform and app make creating episodes a breeze. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, and this is huge, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Simply just create your account and you'll start to see your podcast available on all of the major platforms. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Literally everything you need to make a podcast is available all in one place and on one platform. To get started today, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Again, that's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. And now, back to the episode. Thank you for listening to the Burning Bush Podcast. Today we're talking about the Trinity as we continue our series titled Our Beliefs. And we believe that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are each equivalent in significance, majesty, and glory. We believe that each are co-equal individuals within the one eternal God. And further, we believe that the Holy Spirit dwells within all believers, conforming us to Christ by enabling us to obey the will of God. Deuteronomy 6.4 tells us that God is three in person and one in essence. In John chapter 10, verses 30 and 33, we see that the Father and the Son are one. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, we see that the Father and the Spirit are one. And in Romans 8.9, we see that the Son and the Spirit are one. In John 14, verses 16, 18, and 23, we see that the Father, Son, and the Spirit are one. In the New Testament, we see the truth of God being one in essence and three in person in full display. All of the persons of the Trinity are simultaneously active. They're not modes or pieces of the same person as these are two heresies commonly taught, known as modalism and partialism. They do not act sometimes as the Father, sometimes as the Son, and sometimes as the Holy Spirit. Though it's easier to understand and wrap our minds around, this isn't how they work, and nowhere in Scripture does it even come close to mentioning them in this manner. In fact, we clearly see the opposite in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 at the baptism of Jesus, where all three persons are simultaneously active. The Bible is incredibly clear on the existence of three persons as the one and only God. And John MacArthur says, To deny or misunderstand the Trinity is to deny or misunderstand the very nature of God himself. So now let's talk about the Trinitarian doctrine's coexistence with Christianity's monotheistic beliefs. And beyond learning and understanding the Trinitarian doctrine, it's part of our mission and duty as Christians to be able to back up our beliefs so that we can stand firm against other religions, beliefs, and arguments that may refute our claims. And so in the pursuit of this, we examine other worldviews, arguments, and ideas in order to ground our claims in a solid logical and theological foundation while being able to remain informed and knowledgeable of the more popular arguments that are made against the biblical doctrine. So in our research, we found that theological scholars typically name Islam, Judaism, and Christianity when referring to the greatest monotheistic religions. However, Islam preaches such strict monotheism that they believe that any distinction whatsoever within God is blasphemous. Therefore, it shouldn't be surprising that they denounce any doctrine of the Trinity, to the point that they believe that Christians are polytheistic, believing in three gods. And further, 
The Quran teaches that Christians believe that these three gods in our so-called polytheistic doctrine are Jesus Christ, the Son, God the Father, and Mary. However, in no part of the scripture do we ever see the mention of Mary in regards to the Trinity, nor do we see any sort of separation of the three persons as individual deities. This belief shows a fundamental misunderstanding of the Christian religion at even the most basic level. Instead, when reading scripture, and as we proved at the beginning of this article, it affirms that God is one in essence and three in person. Think about this from a logical perspective. If God were one and not one simultaneously, we would have a logical contradiction. R.C. Sproul says if we were to say God is one in essence and not one in essence, then we would be confessing nonsense. And what we as Christians are confessing is different from polytheism. We believe that the way that God is one, in essence, is different from how he is three, in person. And R.C. Sproul again talks about the practical effects of the doctrine of the Trinity, stating that, First, this doctrine tells us we cannot dismiss Jesus as one good teacher among many, for he is God incarnate. And just because something may be difficult or even impossible to understand entirely does not mean that its existence is therefore illogical. So we should now look at how to apply the doctrine of the Trinity from a practical standpoint. And first, this doctrine asserts that we cannot dismiss Jesus as a great teacher among many, but that he is in fact God incarnate like we talked about. This comes from John chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. And second, the Trinitarian doctrine gives us confidence that we will progress in sanctification. This is because we believe that the Holy Spirit that dwells within us is God himself working to conform us to Christ. So as we wrap up today, I just want to say that if you're reading this and thinking that all of this information is hard to wrap your mind around, you're not alone. As of 2020, only 53% of U.S. Christians strongly believe that God is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thus misunderstanding the Trinitarian doctrine altogether. So therefore, it's great that you're here, listening to this, and trying to gain a better grasp on it. It's absolutely imperative that you study, learn, read, and understand this doctrine so that you may be able to confess it rightly to others and as we now know, even other Christians. R.C. Sproul gives a great explanation to help better understand the importance and application of the Trinity. Through the Trinity, God preserves his independence. He didn't need to create the world for the Trinity to exist. And as we wrap up, I want to leave you with this. The fact that we cannot fully wrap our minds around the Trinity should give us comfort rather than confusion, as it illustrates his greatness over us. God's ways are not our ways nor are his thoughts our thoughts. And that wraps up our episode for today, and I want to thank you for listening. For the full transcript of this episode, the sources we used, and links to helpful resources for further study, please visit our website at burningbush.blog. Again, that's B-U-R-N-I-N-G-B-U-S-H dot B-L-O-G. I'll see you again next week as we discuss original sin.